Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and in just a moment, we'll begin reading in verse 6. We always begin the year <clears throat> with a group of sermons that are dealing with stewardship in various areas, not just finances, but we've talked about other areas like faith, family. We spent two weeks on the family, uh, one discussing marriage, the other discussing parenting. We've talked about a godly Christian and his friends. And the theme has been training yourself for godliness. That comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where the Bible says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. You can train yourself to be more like Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about faith, family, and friends. Now we're going to talk about a godly Christian and his finances. You know, when I started preaching 40-something years ago, I had people say, now you don't need to preach on finances. Then I started reading my Bible and said, well, I'm going to have to cut out a lot of stuff if I don't. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Steve? Did you know that the Bible and Jesus talked a lot about finances. Hear what I'm about to say, and this is true, or I wouldn't say it. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three Gospels, one out of every six verses talks about finances. One out of every six verses. Out of the 29 parables that Jesus told, 16 of them, just a little bit more than 50%, talked about finances, finances. And the Sermon on the Mount, some people said Jesus talked so much in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, he talked so much about money, they should call it the Sermon on the Amount. <laughs> Jesus talked a lot about finances because he knew that if you don't get your finances right, it's hard to have a strong relationship with the Lord. You're bound up. You're in bondage when you don't do it God's way. It was Jesus who said, where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. It's a heart matter. He didn't say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. He said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That's where you'd have to say, you know what, Lord? I guess you know what you're talking about. And one of the primary, if not the primary reason that there are troubles in homes today and even sometimes divorce is because of financial disputes. People get into it talking about money. So I believe when we preach on it, it's very appropriate. So Jesus and Paul and Peter and all the people that helped write the New Testament, Luke, talked a lot about finances. So let's look at a godly Christian and his finances. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap also sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 
Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful, not a tearful, a cheerful giver. And God is able. I just like to say those words. Would you say that with me? God is able. Is he not? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always, notice all these superlatives here, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he, talking about the Lord, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your giving. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. What does the Bible say about a godly Christian and his or her finances? First of all, we're talking more about giving today. A godly Christian should give bountifully, bountifully. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is the law. It's all throughout the Bible of sowing and reaping. Agricultural laws, the people in Paul's day understood agriculture. They all had been out in the harvest at times. And they understood that if you sow seed, you will reap some sort of harvest. You know, Jesus talked about this a lot, especially in chapters like Matthew 13, where Jesus, when he was talking about sowing seed, was talking about preaching the gospel. If you'll sow the gospel seed, people will get saved. But Paul's not talking about sowing gospel seed. He's talking about finances. It's very clear. He's talking about giving financially. He says, if you sow the seed of finances, you will reap a reward from the Lord. And for those who say the church ought not to talk about finances, this scripture, no offense, is in your face. This text is talking about money. All right? How many of you want to know what God says about any and everything? Amen? Even finances. And how many of you think that God knows best? Does anybody believe that? Well, you better get your hand up on that one. All right. Paul said, if a farmer sows sparingly, his har harvest will be small. If he sows bountifully, his harvest will be abundant. Your harvest is in direct connection and proportion with your sowing. Bountifully comes from the Greek word eulogia, which is where we get our word eulogy. It means praise, blessing. A eulogy is a tribute to someone usually at their funeral. You know, we ought to give more eulogies before funerals. Did you know that? If you love somebody, tell them before they die. That would be nice of you to do that. Paul was saying, let me talk to you. Let me, let your giving be a tribute. Let your giving be bountiful, a eulogia, a blessing to both God and 
to man. Give bountifully, just as God has given bountifully. And we should reciprocate. We've been so blessed. We've been so abundantly blessed that we ought to give in direct proportion. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 24 through 25, Proverbs says a lot about finances. There's one who scatters and yet increases all the more. That doesn't make sense. You mean I throw it out there and I get more? That's what he says. And there's one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. When you grasp anything, it dies. If you hold on to seed, it never is sown. It never is planted. It never produces. The generous man, he says, will be prosperous. The generous man, the generous, not the stingy man. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. When you're generous, God blesses you. When you're sting, stingy, God punishes you. Not an amen in the bunch. <laughs> Proverbs 22, verse 9. He who is generous will be what? Say it out loud. Blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. The Bible constantly reminds us of God's compassion for poor people. And if you ignore those scriptures, when it talks about ministering to people who have financial need, you'll be less of a Christian than God wants you to be. God has given the greatest of all gifts, and that is salvation. Aren't you grateful that you're saved, that you know Jesus, that you can understand the Bible, that the Holy Spirit lives within you? that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Without the gift of Christ, we'd all be bound for hell. Freely we have received salvation. Freely we should share it with others. We should also share the finances that God has given us with other people. In the Old Testament, God's people were commanded, don't you glean. When you go out and you harvest your crops, don't you glean the corners of your fields. Leave those for the poor and the needy. And they would come along. And I've got a picture of some people harvesting, gleaning out in the corner fields. They were poor people and the farmers had left the corners for them. Jesus said, poor people can also give bountifully. It's not just the wealthy that can give bountifully. Anyone can give bountifully. The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, <clears throat> Verses 41 and following, Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. Don't tell me Jesus didn't talk about money. He stared at the offering plates, amen? And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent or a penny. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she owned, all that she had to live on. The main factor regarding giving bountifully is not how much you give, but how much you have left over after you give. I want to say that again because you didn't get it, because you didn't say a word. You know, you talk to me, I'll talk quicker. 
The main factor regarding giving bountifully is not how much you give, but how much you have left over after you give. George Mueller says, God judges what we give by what we keep. For some of you, giving bountifully is $25. For some of you, giving bountifully might mean $25,000. Are you giving bountifully? The Bible says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Secondly, not only should a Christian give bountifully, he should give willingly. Willingly. I'm not up here trying to twist your arm. I'm just preaching the Bible, hoping that God will touch your heart. Verse 7, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly, not under compulsion. Give willingly. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his own heart. I'm reading the New Living Translation through right now, and the New Living Translation says, translates 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 this way, you must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Ultimately, financial giving is between you and the Lord. Not grudgingly, not under compulsion. Again, the New Living Trans Translation says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. If you don't desire to give, Paul says, don't give. Was it a sin not to give? Was it a sin not to tithe? Was it a sin not to obey the Lord? Of course it is. But Paul said, if you don't want to do it, then just go ahead and don't do it, and then you'll bear the consequences. Just don't do it. Nobody's begging you for money, Paul said. If you can't give to the Lord and do his work without feeling, did my mic just go off? Tell me that's not the devil. All right, okay, yeah. <laughs> if you can't give to the Lord's work without feeling reluctant and bitter and resentful, keep your money. God doesn't need your money. Look at me. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. God doesn't need our money. God's not a pauper. He tells you to give for your sake, not for his sake. God doesn't need anything. He gave the greatest gift ever. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He just wants you to be like him. He wants you to be a giver. When Moses and the Israelites built the tabernacle, I've been reading about that. In the Old Testament, they financed it by receiving a free will offering. My Calvinist friends don't like that word free will offering. You didn't get that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Exodus 25, 2. Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution contribution. Exodus 35 verse 5, take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, bronze. 
Exodus 35, verse 29. The Israelites, all the men and the women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, brought a free will offering to the Lord. God is not a pauper and God is not a beggar. He'd rather you keep your money than to give it grudgingly, reluctantly to the church. If you want and can't give freely, don't give it all. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, not under compulsion. A godly Christian should give willingly. Thirdly, a godly Christian should give cheerfully. When we say it's time to give, you ought to say, praise God. Amen. The offering time's here. You ought to get pumped. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hadn't lost my mind. Cheerful. You know, you, know, you know what the Greek word is? I kid you not. Hilaros. What does that sound like? Hilarious. You ought to get hilarious when it's time to pass the plate. Amen. It's time for the offering. Yes. You say, you've lost your mind, Brother Steve. No, I'm just getting hilarious up here. Some of y'all get more excited about a football game than you do a worship service. You can worship the Lord with giving. You do worship the Lord with giving. It means to give joyfully, happily, positively, with a smile, with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. In theos, in God. We are giving in God. We are giving enthusiastically. With a heart of celebration. Oh, David and the Israelites, man, when they built the temple, listen to this, 1 Chronicles 29. Moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God over and above all that I've already provided for the holy temple, namely 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the buildings of gold for the things of gold and the silver for the things of silver. That is for all the work done by the craftsman. Who then is willing to consecrate? He said, I'm doing this now. Who's willing to join me? Who's willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. You don't give to Bellevue, you give to Jesus. And King David also rejoiced greatly. Apostle Paul gave a statement from Jesus that is not found in any gospel. If he hadn't given it to us, we would never have known Jesus said these famous words. Acts 20, verse 35, and everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, read it out loud, good and strong, like it's in the Bible, all right? Here we go. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. More blessed to give than to receive. Hands are not just for grasping. They're primarily for giving. Blessed, makarios, happy. 
It's the word used in all the Beatitudes. Blessed, happy are the poor in spirit. Blessed, happy are those who mourn, Jesus said in Matthew 5. God loves a cheerful giver. A godly Christian should give cheerfully. My daddy was the usher, head usher, First Baptist Dyersburg. You didn't have to worry about anybody getting that money because my daddy was carrying that money with another guy and they were big and they were bad news. Amen. <laughs> Ed, Edgar was something else and he was the head usher. He told the preacher, said, I don't like to talk in public, so don't call on me to pray, but I'll take care of the money. And he did. He did. You didn't have to worry about it. Nobody ever stole any money out of that deal. But my daddy gave cheerfully. And you should too. Well, a godly Christian gives bountifully, willingly, cheerfully. One more thing. A godly Christian should give expectantly. You see, when you give the way God wants you to give, God promises you, I'm going to take care of your needs. Not your greed, but your need. You do what I say about finances. You do right by me, God says, I'll do right by you. I'll give you food to eat, clothes to wear, and a roof over your head. And way more than that, because you're my child, not because of what you give, but because of what I gave, you'll be my child. You'll be my son. You'll be my daughter. Not because you give money, but because I gave my son for you. All this giving Look at verses 8 through 11. Boy, this is, this is strong. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything. Well, come on, Paul. Tell us what you really think about it. You may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, there's so many superlatives, about seven or eight superlatives in one sentence. When you give to God, Paul was saying, God gives back to you, not just, he will give finances back to you, but not just that. He's going to give you so much more. When you're a giver instead of a taker, God's going to bless you. God is able to make all grace abound to you. I want all grace. I don't want what I deserve. Amen. I want grace. I don't want just grace. I want all grace. And I don't want just a little. I want it to be abounding to me. I don't want a trickle. I want a river of grace. Always having all sufficiency in everything. You'll have an abundance for every good deed. Notice, it's not just for you. It's so you can help somebody else. Why does God bless you? So you can be a blessing. So he'll bless you more so you can be a bigger blessing. Are you being blessed? Then be a blessing. Help somebody out. It's not, God doesn't give all that stuff to you just for you. Give it to other people. Watch what God does. My mother would make pies. She made good pies. My wife makes, don't tell my mom, even better pies. <laughs> Somebody said, what kind of pie do you like? Round. <laughs> Whatever that woman puts on the table, I eat, amen? 
I quit. I gave up being picky a long time ago. She, she's a good cook. I weighed 205 when she got married. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I hadn't weighed 205 since, I'll tell you that. When you give to God, God gives back to you. God is able. You'll have an abundance for every good deed. It won't just squeak by. If you'll give obediently, God will let you live abundantly. I want to say that again. If you'll give obediently, God will help you to live abundantly. I'm not talking about making you rich and all that. I'm just saying you'll have more than you need if you'll do it God's way. And that more than you need is not just for you, it's to give to somebody else. And it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. You may be in school right now and say, I don't have any money. Don't ever say that. You've got God. And God can supply all your needs. Verse 9, it is written, He scattered abroad, He gave to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. God blesses you so that you'll be generous to the poor. Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed, not for hoarding, but for sowing. You see that? I get more seed. Oh, I'm going to put it over here in the, in the bin. I'll save it for later. No, 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 no. No, he gives you more seed to sow more. Not that you don't ever save. Yes, you can do that. Save for future needs, but not for future greed. Don't get your savings so big that you depend on that more than you depend on God. Don't, that's called an idol. Anything that replaces God is an idol. You can have too much money in the bank, just like you can have too little money in the bank. God wants to keep you balanced, and he wants to keep you in love with him. God wants you to have every spiritual blessing. He wants to meet all your needs. And he wants to give you finances to help other people. Now, I'm just going to read some scriptures because some of y'all don't believe what I'm talking about. And I just want you to know that I didn't just pick this stuff up. It's all over the Bible. I, I can't, there's no way I can cover the whole thing. I'll just give you a few things. Proverbs 19, 17. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his good deed. Dr. Rogers and I were out eating one day at lunch. I quoted in this verse. I said, what do you think about this verse? I think it's awesome. What do you think about Dr. Rogers? I said, one who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. He's taught me. He said, yes, and the Lord pays good interest. <laughs> he will repay you for his good deed. Malachi 3, 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. You say, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? When you don't tithe, you steal from God. It's hard to be intimate with somebody you steal from. Did you know that? You're cursed with a curse. You're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I'll rebuke the devourer from you so that it will not devour the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast out its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. 
God says, if you'll tithe, if you'll just tithe. And Jesus affirmed tithing. Jesus said, you should tithe, but don't miss these other things that you should do as well. And by the way, if they tithe in the Old Testament on that side of the cross, don't you think on this side of the cross, we've got a little bit more to tithe about? Don't tell me God doesn't want you to tithe. And preachers that say you shouldn't, they're wrong. They're just wrong. They, they don't get that out of the Bible. You're supposed, tithing is for baby Christians. That's where you start. That's not where you stop. Go, you say, how much should I give? Whatever the Holy Ghost tells you to do above the tithe. Who am I to tell you what to give? I know you're supposed to at least tithe. That's kindergarten. Don't you at least want to go to grammar school? Much less middle school. Wouldn't you like to maybe even go to high school and maybe even go to college in God's school of finances? Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, give and it will be, say it out loud, given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I can remember when I was a boy raking leaves and I thought I'd filled the bag. My dad was tight with money and he said, boy, that bag isn't half full. It's running over. But I'm saying, oh, mash it down. Yes, sir. Mash it down. That's what he's talking about. I'll put more in your bag than you can handle. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. God's going to bless you according to the way you sow seed. 2 Corinthians 9, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Galatians 6, 7 through 9, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, read it out loud now, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we don't grow weary. 1 Timothy 6 17 through 19, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited, not to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Hear the word of God about giving today. Listen. God is able to make all grace, and this is in the context of finances, to abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good work. He won't supply all your greed, but he will supply all of your need. In, 19, in 2003, when I was in Alabama at Gardendale's First Baptist Church, I got a letter from a pastor named Brother Leonard Irvin, bivocational pastor of Mount Signal Baptist Church in Chelsea, Alabama. Amen. And he pastored 10 people. 10 people. And they didn't know if they should keep the doors open or not. So one day they decided to go out on faith 
They took up their daily offering, $622.45. And they knew that Gardendale First Baptist Church was in a building program. You say, were y'all in the building? We were in, not together, we, we were in forever we built. Our church was growing. And we, once we'd build something, it would fill up. And we'd build something else, it'd fill up. So we were always, but they, they, they knew that. And they sent us everything they took up that day in their offering. I got that check. I didn't even know it was a check. I just got a letter from the pastor. I looked at that check. I looked at my administrative assistant. I said, this is one of the holiest things I've ever seen in my life. Here's a church, 10 people, giving $622.45 to a large church just to be a blessing. So I went to our finance committee. They agreed on it. I went to our deacons. They agreed on it. And so we invited all 10 of them to come to our church. They came and they sat on the front row Sunday night. Place was packed. Everybody wanted to meet this church that had given us $622.45. What they didn't know is that we had taken up an offering for them. And that night I handed him a check for $29,000. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the old boy's face, amen? <laughs> Leonard Irvin was lit up. They gave, immediately they gave more than a tithe of it to missions. They gave $3,000 to missions. And they started doing things around their church. They paved the parking lot. We never tried to brag about it or anything like that. People started coming to their church. As far as I know, that church came alive again and is still alive today. When God, let me tell you something, you cannot outgive God. You can't. Some of y'all think you got it all together. It'll be a good day in your life when you realize you don't have it all together. You don't even know where all of it is, much less have it all together. You don't even have all of it to begin with. God's got it all. You got a little bit. Oh, I'm a millionaire. You got a little bit. Little bit. You're about that size to God, Mr. Millionaire. And you wouldn't even have a heartbeat if it wasn't for the Lord. And you sure wouldn't have salvation and forgiveness of sins if it wasn't for... You wouldn't have all this grace we've been singing about today if it wasn't for Jesus. How are you going to give this year? I tell you, I'm going to give. Bountifully, willfully. Cheerfully, expectantly, basically, obediently. I just want to encourage you. Do it God's way. And you'll be blessed. Do it your way. 
and it will never be right. Get your finances in order according to Scripture. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for teaching us about finances.